You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Here I am looking at the second half of Ephesians chapter 4. If I had to define the first half, what Paul covered in one word, I would say unity. If I had to cover this passage in one word, I would say purity, purity. This is just as an indispensable characteristic of the people of God as unity is. Basically, this whole thing, Ephesians is made up of six chapters. The first three chapters, we'd say a doctrine. It's explaining the gospel. The second three chapters are much more about application. What we're now trying to do is just, wow, what does this look like? A new status as God's new society involved in new standards, a new life with a new lifestyle. Paul is not writing about commands, but who you are. Paul is not writing about church programs, but godliness. Paul is not concerned about the believer's giftedness, but them being godly. Now, in some respect, you know, we could say, oh, golly, this is a bit of a sort of messy church and it starts getting involved in some of the details. And we're going to have a little look at that. Before we jump in, let's just start from verse 17. So I tell you this, no longer live. You see, Paul is challenging their thinking. How do they think about themselves? Because we know that thinking is the root and behaviour is the fruit. That's really what is going on here. They had a downward spiral, you could say, the futility of their thinking. They were darkened in their understanding. There was ignorance in them. There was a hardening of their hearts. The way you think affects the way you behave. Mm. So if you think, I'm a useless dad, how do you think you're going to behave as a dad? If you think, I just feel lonely, Are you going to reach out and be friendly? If you think, I'm never going to lose weight, do you think you will? Honestly, the way we think impacts us. So Paul wants to confront their way of thinking. Because he says, if you confront the way of thinking, it will will change the way you behave. And, And we know that Paul is looking for Christians that behave differently. This time he's saying, look, I don't want you to behave as the Gentiles. But in other letters he's written, I don't want you to behave as you used to under the Jewish tradition. And I guess for many of us watching, he'd say, hey, I don't want you to still be British. I don't want you just to look back and think, oh, this is the way I always behaved. I want you to be different. Yes. I'm going to say the challenge for myself and maybe you is that too many Christians behave like chameleons. You know, that animal that can change its colour and hide in its surroundings. The danger is that we can so often adapt and blend into our culture, our workplace or our neighbourhood, we're so contemporary that we're compromised. Whether we consciously copy or subconsciously are influenced by our society. Paul would want to say to you this morning, hey, you used to be in prison. You've been set free. Don't go back to your prison cell. Be different. Be who you are. How you're thinking, you've been set free. He goes on in verse 20. I want you to know the truth. He says that, however, is not the way of life you learned. 
We are called to be students. This passage, you could, you know, we unpicked it. It's very much got the image of a disciple, a student, a learner. Look, I'm married to a teacher. I know we've always got stuff to learn. He says, I want you to know Christ. Have you heard of Christ? You've been taught in Christ. We are disciples. So let me ask you a question. What is your attitude to learning? Dr. Zeus, <laughs> we all like to quote him, don't we? The children's author says, the more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. <laughs> I guess he was quite optimistic saying to the kids, come on, it's great to learn. Winston Churchill, the former prime minister, was slightly more cynical. He said, I'm always ready to learn although I do not always like being taught. <laughs> Maybe that's true. <laughs> I can sometimes think that. I think I want to learn, but I don't actually want to be taught. If we're honest, as Christians, Jesus is the teacher and the truth. And knowing Jesus is not meant to be some formula. We are to engage with our friend. Yes. So we, we, it's got to impact our thinking and we've got to be learners. And then Paul takes this example from verse 22 to put off the old and put on the new. Put off your old self, put on your new self. A couple of years ago, I was very generously given a suit by a friend. When I, I brought it home, nice blue suit, you know what I'm saying? Sharp, English looking British suit. I didn't stick it over my jeans and T-shirt. I had to take my old clothes off and put the new clothes on because that's how it fitted. That's how it looked best. <laughs> yeah, I've got to make sure as well that I don't have to put on too much weight. It's a tight-fitting suit. <laughs> old clothes can sometimes feel comfortable and sometimes new clothes feel strange. But what we're saying is, look, if we follow Jesus, we need to put off the old and put on the new. Yes. Some commentators that I've been reading around this week actually think that the picture that Paul is referring to here is baptism. And that often in the early church, after baptism, people were almost given a white robe to put on. It says in Galatians 3 verse 27, For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. And that almost this was a picture, baptism. Oh, you've put off the old, you've put on the new. Look, Jesus told us to do two things. One of which was to break bread. The other was to go into all the world and baptise. I still believe baptism is crucial. Do you know one of the things I've really missed under this whole COVID thing? He's not being able to baptise. I am still planning and believing for a church baptism on the 13th of December. Yes, you heard it right. You heard it here. 13th of December. I spoke to someone this week. One of the best things I did on Wednesday before lockdown was meet with someone who said, Pete, if we can get into the university, I'll get baptised on the 13th. What about you? Is that the way you need to end 2020? By saying, look, I've put off the old, I'm putting on the new and I'm going to get baptised. Hey, you know my number, text me, call me, email me. I'd love it if you got baptised that day as well. You see, this is a common picture in the New Testament. The author of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 12, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us. 
You see, there's a, a removing of the past. Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, says in Colossians 3, 9 and 10, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. So we've got this thinking and we've got this learning. We've got this changing of clothes. And then he punches hard with what there are six examples, actions. It says in verse 25, therefore, that means, look, come on, basically your thinking's changed. You're a student, put off the old, put on the new, therefore. And there's six of them, six of them. These are six sermons. I don't know why I'm trying to do it in 20 minutes. You should give me six weeks. <laughs> I put the preaching rotor together. It's my own fault. He says, put off falsehood and speak truthfully. You see, fellowship is built on trust and trust is built on truth. Come on, put off falsehood. It says in Psalm 52, you love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. Some of us, we don't tell a lie, we're just economical with the truth. That's falsehood. You know what I'm saying? Rather than being honest, rather than giving the last 10%, rather than really saying what we really mean in love, we can practice falsehood. Paul is writing to them, said, come on, your new self, your new clothes, put on the truth. In your anger is my second point, Paul's second point. Do not sing. Anger, a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, hostility. I know as a married couple, you know, they always say, don't go to bed, you know, when you've still got something wrong. It's almost like, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Sometimes you used to think, God, I better sleep with the light on because I'm not going to resolve it tonight. No, no, no. Paul is saying, put off the old self where your anger leads to sin. Put on the new self where you resolve the issue. Many would say this is a reference to Psalm 4. Tremble and do not sin when you're on your bed. Search your heart and be silent. Come on, as Christians, we're to deal with this. This is what the new self looks like. The third point he makes, stop stealing, share with those in need. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Some of us think, God, I don't steal, Pete. We've been slightly cautious with our tax return. <laughs> If we've taken something from the office that isn't really ours, would we be ashamed of credit that we've been given for a job that we never really did the work for? We're to stop stealing and share with those in need. That's the third point. He says, put off the old, stealing, taking what's not yours. Number four, no unwholesome talk, but what is helpful so easy, isn't it? Humour, something a bit quick. It's like a little bit close to the mark. We can throw that in, makes us, everyone laugh, makes us feel the centre of it. And, and Paul is saying, come on, that's your old self. Put off the old self, put on the new self. We speak truth. Mm. Number five, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. They think this was a reference to Isaiah 63, verse 10 where it says, yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy and he himself fought against them. See, the Holy Spirit is our seal. He's the one that gives us a, a deposit, a guarantee that we're loved children of God. 
sometimes we hear that little voice, don't we? And we know the Holy Spirit is speaking, but we do something else. Paul is saying, no, no, that's your old self, your new self. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Sixthly, I mean, Colin, it feels like you've done a round, doesn't it? Bang, bang, you know, Anthony Joshua, boom, boom, boom. That's what it can feel like. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling. Be kind and compassionate. Paul says in Titus 3, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. And Paul is saying, no, no, that's your old self. Put on instead your new self. I don't know about you, I'm beginning to wonder if I prefer chapter 1 to 3 of Ephesians than chapter 4 to 6. It can almost feel like the gospel was beautiful and inspiring and exciting. And this now feels, is it a load of rules? I read this week that a four-year-old child, some of you are struggling even to watch this. You've got four-year-old kids that are running around. They ask 400 questions a day. Why? 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 It's that whole thing of why, why, why? Sometimes I guess we can be like this and just sort of thinking, why, why have I got to behave like this, Paul? Why, why are you expecting me to change? Why are you expecting me not to have this? Why am I not to steal? And Paul gives us motivations the whole way through. Mm. I love this because it's not even in this whole thing where in many respects we are thinking about the behaviour, Paul still says in verse 25, come on, you're all members of one body. That's why. Why? Don't you let uh, yourself go to bed angry? Because you don't want the devil to have a foothold in your life. Why? Do you go out and earn? It's not so that you can store. He says in verse 28, so that you've got something to share with those in need. Why do you speak the truth? That it may benefit others, it says in verse 29. Why in verse 30? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit because he's your seal. <laughs> Why in verse 31 should we think about the community? Because God forgave you. Yes. Look, my son is going to be preaching next week. Make sure you're tuning in for that one. So I have to be careful before I jump into Ephesians 5, but just a couple of verses. It says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, why? Because you're dearly loved children of God. And then it goes on in verse 2. Christ loved us and gave himself us. That's mm. why. Yes. Paul doesn't say, look, you must do, 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 do this. He's saying, actually, why do that? Because of who you are, the people that you belong to, because the God who loves you. Yes. So this Ephesians 1 to 3, I would say, is you are justified. You are declared holy. Ephesians 4 to 6, therefore, you are sanctified. You are being made holy. You get these two things that go together. There's a saying. I know this is it originated in New York and it originated for millennials, really. But I wonder if we all have this world for you. You do you. It's almost now they say to the younger generation, oh, just be yourself, express yourself. You do you, be unique, do whatever you want to do. I'm going to suggest that Paul was saying you do you 2000 years ago. But actually what he wasn't saying was, hey, just do whatever you want. He's saying you do the real you 
which is a Christian, is changed. He's not saying, oh, you do you, which was your old self, which was anything that just pleased you. He's saying, you do you, which is your new self. And because Christ has died for you, and because as a Christian, you've died to your old self and you've put on your new self, you do you. And what is you? You is one that works so that you can give to the poor. You is one that speaks the truth. You is one that resolves anger so that you don't give the devil a foothold. You are one that loves the body, the church. This whole book is, is saying, oh, come on. This has been a hard season, hasn't it? Even now we're watching at home, whereas Paul is saying, you do you, you is the church. We're not meant to make decisions on our own. We don't just think, I just want to go and live there and do that. We're the church. You do you. I think that is the challenge here of Ephesians 4.